Blog Talk Radio. Come back home to Africa. Come back home. 
You can just listen if you will. But you can also please one on your telephone keypad, become a co-host, become a superstar of the show, and please bring your question, comment, request, criticism, whatever it might be, and allow us to entertain you here in this sacred space at this time, noon hour in U.S. Central Standard Time, here on blog, radio, and YouTube Live. I don't want to neglect my block available to those who are actually on my block talk radio page. And you as well can type your questions. Uh, use an appropriate quotation and punctuation. Um, you know, more than happy to be able to and then Greetings to and everyone who's present with now in the chat. Please go all due respect to my moderators, the queen, the goddess, Kiona. My co-host, superstars, and greetings, T Bridge. I appreciate it, and I'll be responding to your questions and comments momentarily. The Kia Jet, peace and blessings, justice, sanitation, and assistance in helping me to get my technical uh, difficulties straightened out. Uh, seven gentlemen, welcome as always for being a regular participant. Greetings again, and of course, Eva Arisha Motiva. Welcome, Arisha, for being present. Uh, Mr. Rock Clinton, <laughs> thank you. Much. Um, it's crazy because in Pasquale, I feel like I know exactly who you are. <laughs> Somebody used to that name, but welcome to this space. Grace Scott, thank you for being here. Um, I'm going to return to the chat. Allow me to develop the spirit for the day. Um, in all cases, we now acknowledge the ancestors, the Egungun, and the shoulders for which we now have our very being, very existence. Uh, for those who aren't there yet, who aren't quite spiritually in tune to that yet, understand we're not talking about. Necromancy. We're not talking about the honor of worship uh, of the corpse, but the life and the soul of the uh, departed loved one, the departed uh, ancestor, the departed elder. Uh, for indeed, we know that people of all ages, from, from birth to the hundreds, go into a womb, go into heaven going to the other side and, and and take comfort in knowing that they are forever with us. This ain't hoodoo. This, this ain't spookism, if you will. This is now backed by science, which now agrees with what we've always known in ATR. And that is that ancestral memory survives in the DNA, survives in the blood. So some of your very quirks and picadillos and likes and dislikes and tastes and favor are heavily influenced by ancestral forces, ancestral memory, ancestral experience, and ancestral knowledge. Indeed, our greatest skills and abilities are often being fostered by our ancestors. We also acknowledge, of course, the king of the white cloth, that which covers our, and governs our head. But we also acknowledge and show great respect and humility to Yahweh. 
o'clock, and then it'd be loud music while I'm caught. Um, and I'm in prayer, I'm in song, I'm in meditation, I'm in spirit, I'm in ritual. I'm in, I'm in drumming, I, I'm in communion with my, my rhythm instrument. Um, and particularly on this day in the ritual calendar thing, in this present season, some of the greatest powers known to us in ATR, a traditional African-based religious system, stand up in this day. So we acknowledge our ancestors every day, but indeed we acknowledge them even more in this season. And those powers that would assist us against pestilence and disease otherwise ravage humanity and be reminded that we survive. We survive. I know it's not close to your most recent memory, but we survived. Not less than 100 years ago or more, we survived. And particularly in this region, and particularly in New Orleans, and particularly in this culture, particularly in this city, we we survived, and, and we will continue to survive. So I just ask that you just be smart, be intelligent, <laughs> you know, be wise, you know, and, and stay home. Just stay home. Don't take the risk that we're seeing right now in display in St. Louis. You know, maybe you know I'm a news junkie, and I woke up looking at St. Louis and the night parties that are going on there. Uh, people of all ages coming together, gathering at night, uh, seemingly, you know, shopping malls, parking lots, gas stations, you know. And before you know it, you know, it's a big deal. There are certain cities in the country, uh, Hollywood, for instance, where that's sort of a cultural thing. That, that it goes back decades, but they're not doing that now, um, and and certainly not in the environment that is the coronavirus. So I don't know what's happening in St. Louis and, and all of the shenanigans that are that are going on there. Something else that caught my attention in Africa, Prophet uh, uh, Shepherd. Bushir, on Sunday, the 19th of April, launched the Enlightened Christian Gathering online church service, and over 6 million people joined it worldwide. Now, of course, in Africa, I pay attention to Africa, African news, grassroots movements in Africa, from every angle of spirituality and religion, because understand what happens in religion affects us in animism affects us in ATR. So you can't just be repelled by it. You just can't be, you know, offended by it. We also have to keep our eye on it. You know, it's the it's art of war. You, you can't go blind to your enemy. You can't go blind to the outside forces that can otherwise affect you. So I pay attention to great movements in the church community, and particularly as it happens in Africa. So I'm noticing how they're responding to the corona. And many African churches are not having services. Uh, people are being arrested. Pastors are being arrested all over Africa for trying to create, you know, large gatherings uh, to, to allow for this. So this prophet Bashir has created this online church and six million people joined. Now, you wonder why that's important. You wonder, you ask me now, why? relevant? Why should I even care about, you know, what, what these church folks are doing, and particularly now, and particularly in Well, the next story is 
Nigeria, Christian group tackle Ganducci over alleged forceful convergence of Christian girls. Now, this story is about Christian girls or otherwise, um, I believe the ethnic group is Hausa, Hausa, indigenous Hausa Christian girls. Look at, listen to the, just, the, just the dynamics of those words. Uh, the indigenous Hausa Christian girls are now being forced into Islam. And it took me back to the Christian crusade. It took me back to when we first began to even hear of discussions about uh, jihad and uh, uh, the Taliban and um, uh, Sharia law. And, and, and this is something that has been on the planet, unfortunately, for at least the last 2,000 years, we know. Uh, this, this enforced, you know, uh, religious uh, uh, warriorism on, on, on indigenous folks, on, on peasant folks, on, on the common people, on the villager, usually backed by some governmental power. And of course, when we introduce the governmental power, then there's politics, then there's money, then there's greed, then there's ego and, and, and nepotism and all this other stuff that, that comes in. But, but I often remind people, often every day, every other day that we don't prophesize in in voodoo if you aren't familiar with the word or i'm not pronouncing it right it's the it's the idea of enforcing your religion on other people the idea that somehow by divine right you have to now enforce your religion on other people and of course there's a degree of judgment there this this judgment that you are somehow lacking or in need or, or sinner, uh, uh, living outside of God's code. And so we now as crusaders or, or Islamists or, or, or whatever the tradition might be, have the right now to aggress you. And, and this is that next step beyond that thing that I talked about that I experience every day, that, that sort of shady behind-the-scenes um, oppression and prejudice that we demonstrate, even in, in the so-called West. Uh, I'm buffering, so if you aren't on Blog Talk Radio right now, you're, you're in the buffer zone. You're in the buffer zone. If you aren't listening now live on Blog Talk Radio, you just experienced the buffer zone. So please do call me at area code 8. 845-277-9143. 845-277-9143. And I was just talking about the idea of, you know, the notion that many of our dominant world religions have, that it is their divine right. It is their divine call. It is their divine vocation to enforce their religion upon other people. And I think this helps to make uh, oppression and white supremacy and world dominance through colonialism and, and, and through some of the activities of, of Islamists um, that much greater uh, because of this overwhelming human need for connection to spirit, connection to the divine, connection to something greater, but then this uh, man manipulation of religion and the tool 
of, of religion and how that's used to dominate the world. And, and, and if it's just religion, you know, of course, that's just one layer of that onion. But then again, when you add that politics and the money and the trade um, and all the other uh, things that come into play, um, it's a monster. It, it's a demon. Uh, it's a gin, if you will, that has to be exercised in the world. I'm Eric Code 504. I appreciate your call, beloved. I'm opening up your mic. Um, but give me a second because now my YouTube Live is buffering. So let me straighten out my buffering um, 504 before I come to you. While I'm in buffering, uh, you uh, you can hear me on Block Talk Tube or you can't hear a thing right now. Okay, welcome back from your buffer zone. Greetings and salutations. I've gone to the phone lines at area code 845-277-9143. I have a fellow uh, New Orleans zip um, area code on the line, area code 504. Who's calling and where are you calling from? Um, my name is Latanya Williams. Um, I live in River Ridge, Louisiana. Greetings, beloved. Thank you so much for calling in and participating. What's your question or comment mm-hmm. today? Um, I don't have a question. Um, I'm just, um, I always watch you. I haven't been watching you uh, very often. So I'm just here uh, listening. Now, um, I will prepare some questions um, another time so that I, w- I will have some questions that, um, you know, that would be good to ask. So I want to do... Um, a little research first so I can get, you know, the correct answers that I'm looking for. Well, I appreciate your calling in. Um, you're welcome to stay with us on the line. Um, once I open someone's mic, uh, their mic remains open uh, for the duration of the show. Um, I just ask that you mute yourself any of your background while you might be moving. And, um, if you have questions to come that you want to share with us today, um, then just your mic and so I'll just bring you back into the conversation. Um, you know, I'm having a challenge right now with this chat together. So I hope I'm not missing any um, questions, comments, or requests. It's just not doing right. So I'm going to refresh. But, but I'm going to continue. Um, as long as there's no buffering going on, I'm going to continue. Um, thank you, Justice. I appreciate you. I, I do. I appreciate you and all my uh, supporters and listeners and participants who ride off the buffer zone. <laughs> We've adjusted to the buffer zone as, as weather. Um, and often we have found in our experience, um, my experience goes back to Yahoo 360, um, that when you start sharing certain information, certain details, uh, certain history, uh, you're going to experience uh, some degree of technical glitches and difficulties and and buffering. Uh, that might be a conspiracy theory, but we believe it to be true. Um, so we can't really point at a time really sought to enforce their beliefs, enforce their religious system, enforce um, their way of life because it was their way of life. It was as natural to them as how we get up in the morning and prepare coffee. 
it was a connection to them as how we get and, and do our morning ritual. Um, so the, the need, the, the desire for world dominance by way of religion goes hand in hand with politics, with government, and, and unfortunately in many cases, racism, white supremacy, greed, and, and, and politics. On the uh, shadier level, you know, not so open level, that shows up as bias. Um, and, and with this stay-at-home order, uh, I'm seeing it show up as social media through uh, in us and around us. I always say that before you, you know, wag your finger uh, at the at the white man or the supremacist or the racist, make sure that you no know, white supremacy in you. Make sure. Racism in you. Make sure that that toxin, that disease, is not coexistent uh, uh, in you when we go at these things. But I noticed lately, especially in social media, uh, people are getting bored, people are getting restless, and, uh, cabin fever, uh, and so people's emotions are coming. Um, and, and people are, are drinking a little bit. Uh, uh, drinking is about 15%. Right now, with stay at home thing and drinking and sleeping is a good idea. <laughs> drinking and chatting, you know, publicly online, never a good idea. And so, we're now seeing people feel people's prejudices people's and, and, and the racisms of a thing. Um, it's getting quite personal. In that attack, we're seeing the prejudice, we're seeing the racism, we see people saying things. Just like the uh, the aggressive driver, you, you know, they have this sort of, sense of autonomy in their car. It's almost like they think they can't be seen, heard, or, or viewed, uh, you know, once into the, the safety zone um, of their tinted windows and their locked car doors. Uh, and, and underestimate how their behavior and their growth is projected at an extraordinary rate. Um, and so we see that same thing in social media. I'm the person who likes to watch those conversations. I like to tune into to the news broadcast in, in Facebook, watch the chat and, and watch who's talking and, and what's being said. And quietly, you know, before people even realize I'm in the room, um, I'm already in your profile. I'm already seeing who you are. I'm already checking out who the aggressors are in the conversation. And I'm seeing these people, you know, in, in the backwoods and in the suburbs, uh, in the rural area, um, in, in some towns and cities and locations that we don't uh, uh, hear about a whole lot, don't see about a whole lot in the news, aren't necessarily uh, touristy locations. They aren't necessarily uh, locations that American is, is even aware of. We might even say it's, uh, you know, my average Joe locations around the country. And so they're now using this opportunity to quote unquote hear their voice. I'm going to acknowledge the question from there. Putting it behind the fault of protection and behind their computer. I mean, it's crazy in, in, in some cases. About your story, one of my most recent, such a love to hate, is your story. 
much. George asked your question after the show. My apologies. I emphatically that I would come back and address your question um, first. So T. Bread said, some time ago I started meditation. I'm feeling at ease and could feel the difference of my vessel. I'm assuming the and consciousness of soul, some would call it. Do you believe it's safe to stay at vibrates at the time? Um, I hear what you're saying. Um, I believe that I hear what you're not saying on another level. What can be put into words? I'm tapping into my own experience. Transcendental meditation, because you're, you're describing transcendental meditation. Not all prolific details of transcendental meditation, but the original book from the 60s, 70s, whenever it was originally written, just the basic context of what transcendental meditation is. Some of us have wandered into transcendental meditation without the book. Without this awareness, without this um, knowledge, either because your third eye is open and you have uh, a greater sense of um, accessibility to trans state, or because you, you're curious and creative and, and not quite fearful, uh, and you expand it where you allow yourself to go in your thoughts, in meditation, in, in your in your uh, mentalism process. And I'm buffering, so forgive me if you aren't on the phone lines because you're in the buffer zone. I'm not quite sure what the deal is with the buffer zone. All is a blessing. Uh, experience the buffer zone, so. But I'm still, I'm still here. That's where we are. So, um. You could be wandering into transcendental meditative state. And I strongly suggest, um, I'm quite familiar with the name, so if you've been here before, please give me. But I strongly suggest that you journal, as I do every week, particularly what you feel, you fear, what you feel in when you experience these um, transcendental states. Um, I, I don't want to inject words that aren't. Um, but when we say safe, um, I, I equate that with some degree of fear or apprehension or even caution, caution about uh, transcending into space that maybe we aren't always, you know, people. And I've said it close that sometimes people's inability to quiet their mind and fill their mind is about fear. They're in transcendental um, I offer that it is indeed one of the spaces we can explore, spirit, imagination, because there's a thin line between creativity and imagination and, and going into state and trans. Um, so document it, document what's happening, and look for the reasoning in your documentation. Look for the, what makes sense about what's happening in your documentation and surely over time. Now another way of looking at your question um 
I believe it's safe to stay. Now, you stay at a vibrate state, but you're always at a vibratory state. We're always vibrating um, just at various levels. Um, and, and sometimes it's low frequency. Sometimes it's high frequency. Um, much a radio station, except, you know, we don't stay on the same station all the time. Um, much like we don't stay uh, emotionally at the same place all the time or, or energetically at the same time. At the same time. Um, our energy levels are not at the same place at the same time, depending on our amount of sleep, our diet, what we're drinking, what we're eating, how we're living, what we're thinking. Um, I don't necessarily trust people who appear to be always the same all the time. Then I have to be concerned that we're asking something, that we're covering something. Um, I learn to live a little bit more organically. If I need the issue of love, complication, I'm, I'm much quicker to bring it I'm much quicker to bring it. I'm much quicker to say it out loud. I, I'd rather bring it out into the real, real world, address it, and confront it, and, and have an opportunity, uh, quite possibly, to attack it before it becomes a problem. Um, so we're always vibrating. Goal is to grow higher. Is to grow higher. To expand, uh, you know, upwards and outwardly, not outwardly. You know, grow at our more spiritual octave within our our higher nature. Uh, let's see. Help me out, Kiona. Did I have other? Uh, how can one tell the difference between an issue and a gin involvement? Oh, an issue trick and a gin involvement. Is there a difference? And she's asking, and, and, and with an untrained eye, um, I often say that. Um, Trick in Eshu is an illusion. The trick in leg box is an illusion. The trick within top of leg box is an illusion. And it's root in ego. Now we're talking about colors, uh, Orisha, Loa, deities that we claim to govern crossroads. Um, what's at the center of the crossroads? What's at the center of the universe? What's at the center of, of reality at any given point? You. You are. When Eshu comes in, it, it's about ego. It's about self-esteem. It's about how we view ourselves in the moment. One of uh, Eshu's uh, common, most common names in the world is Eshu Aurora Ye. Agolegua. It's a term who fins, who turns, who whirls. And so, in an instant, in that emotion, the only thing that whirls and changes in, in, in that moment is ego within any given scenario. So, so the trick, uh, Keona, that's associated with Eshu is ego. 
that's the law of mirror as as I see in my in my process. Um, a jinn often much more nefarious energy attached to it. A jinn can protect itself by no of your own. A jinn can uh, through projection from a person. Uh, a jinn can be associated with a person or a thing or an object. We talked yesterday about enchanted objects or, or um, objects, particularly archaeological objects and um, historic objects, antiquities, objects from various indigenous communities on the world that have a gen attached to it. Now, a gen and a gen are not exactly the same thing. And has a greater degree of elemental energy, your wood, your earth, your water, your fire, uh, the mind or the ether or the elements. Uh, this is why when we think about things like Isla, like genie, uh, which is imagination, but, but borrowed from um, uh, Persian Arab-based culture. This our ability to move, in, in, to move in and out of space, and so that ether that's the on the hand, if you will. But the other other will be in other cultures and other traditions from from the Europe region. In Europe cultures, we have elves and and spirits. Well, these things show up. So I talk about a lot, and I, I tend to talk about it typically twice a year. Is the idea of vampires, spirits that come from and, and um, emerge in African culture and tradition. Thank you, beloved, for your offering and your, by way of paper. Because I don't quite entirely trust the YouTube donation button yet. I haven't seen how that works, but we appreciate you. Um, appreciate the donations that are made here that do allow us an opportunity to see um, what's really happening with those <laughs> with those YouTube uh, live super uh, super chat. Donations. So far, I have not seen them show up in my PayPal account unless they're, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm just not seeing it. I um, appreciate the opportunity to experiment with that system. So it's not necessary for you to withdraw your, your donation. Um, but we certainly appreciate it. Of course, um, anyone else who's paying attention, we would prefer um, that you utilize PayPal dot me forward slash the divine prince as one word. I like to type capital T H E capital D I V I N E capital P R I N C E in order to get uh you know access to my direct PayPal link. But we certainly appreciate the the the, the tokens and the off and the donations. We, we certainly do. 
we appreciate you sitting through the buffer zone and welcome back from the buffer zone. Um, check back on my blog talk radio in archives to hear what you may have missed that might have been said. Um, I welcome you to call in at 845-277-9143, When you're ready with your question, comment, or request, do press the number one. On your telephone keypad, this will give me the opportunity to open your mic and bring you back into the conversation. Now, my first caller um, from River Ridge, you dropped on me. So I, I hope all is well in my technology. Uh, 323-809, I believe that's Fiona, beloved. Your mic is now op open. Welcome greetings. to the Welcome, greetings. <clears throat> Today Love is a blessing. Today is a blessing. Yes, yes, all is a blessing. I had um I was thinking and it may be a little simple minded, but I had confused myself and so I wanted to get clarification because maybe I heard it wrong yesterday on the show. But um I heard that because it's a, I believe it's a difference in what a person says and what someone hears. And so um, what I heard was is a lot of times people give reference to um, the wall and to spirits. What I'm um, saying that that's the spirit blessed them with monies and the spirit blessed them with material um, possessions, but it was in fact the ancestors. And so I had a thought of then, you know, respectfully asking, you know, because I know we're supposed to put the ancestors first, but if we're, if the if our ancestors are the ones what well, the you know, doing everything and the reason why we're here, like, what do we, go, or why are we making requests unto spirit and deity? Uh, that was a big question, and um, yeah. I don't know if it was in your misunderstanding um, or something I said, or maybe the course of more than one conversation, but I would respond um, something else that you implied. Um, now, what I said was, my answer my godparents, uh, and particularly Mama Yeye, may she rest in our room, would commonly say, baby, you can buy on your ancestors. Particularly when you need to this, particularly when you are uninitiated, particularly when you know your ancestors are ethically, culturally, specifically, um, you can buy on your ancestors. And so they're your first line of defense. They have had a human inclination. They have lived a human life. They know uh, the trials and tribulations and blessings and, and uptakes and downflows of earthly existence. So often they are your first line of defense. They're pushing you into that job. They're making sure your kids, you know, they're making sure uh, they make your housing, you know, or, or your energy bill or, or whatever else might be happening uh, in, in your life. Uh, but we as humans, you know, operating in that five star, which could also be inverted upside down. I mean, if you are familiar, so when it's upright, we say nature. We say earth, wind, fire, air, mind, or ether. We say nature. But when it's upside down, then we go ahead and Satanism and the devil and ego and flesh and carnality come into play. Many of us don't see ourselves as the devil or, or operating uh, within the confines of the devil 
or, or giving the devil pleasure, particularly those of us who are removed from from a Christianity and 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 Islam and and don't hear uh, that abrasive sort of language every day. But many of you are quietly, silently entertaining demons, jinn, and the devil that that exists interdimensionally with us every day. So. Yes, your ancestors are going to pull you out. Your ancestors are going to be there when you're back at the wall. Your ancestors will be there when you're in the corner. Your ancestors will be there to address what's real, what's pertinent. But some of y'all ain't asking for what's real. Listen, you can't get your check and spend it all at the casino. Then go before your ancestors and then please the blessing and think your ancestors now respond. In fact, your ancestors and, and people who got a reading for me know will push you down to the curve. They'll pop your head, you know, and, and make you get a clue because they love you. They you. Now, the idea of getting what you want, those are gin boo boos, not the ancestors that helped you to find that $20 bill on the ground, that, that helped you to, you know, get your man back. A man who's married to another woman, you know, what a family, you know, your man back, you know, those kind of requests are carnal, are fleshy, are not righteous. And, and those sort of requests have made their way into hoodoo, conjure, root work. That's why some of y'all like those terminologies, because hoodoo, root work, conjure sound less like religion to you. Sound less like a, a ethnic cultural uh, protocol that I might have to be conscious of. You know, that's why some of y'all like witchcraft. You, you like witch. Because witch says, oh, I can do what I want. But no, no, no. Even witches have systems. Even witches have origins. Even witches have ethnic cultural basis and traditions that have to be that, that have to, that to be uh, uh, up, or you will fall down and bump your head. So clearly, um, so so that, that was the only thing about your question that I wanted to add. I, I didn't say it's the ancestors that's helping you get the number and, and helping you, you know, get your your married man back, you know, or, or your man who already got eighteen kids, you know, but but he yours, um. I, now I'm being personal. Somebody never, because I don't bring it to a reading. I don't bring it to the reading. I, I, don't, I don't bring my own sense of morale and, and values to a reading. No legitimate reader does. No legitimate reader Because I have to read the book. I, I have to read the spirit of saying what the, what the divination tools are saying without the filters of, of my own stuff. So often, you end up floating in the air back here. It's almost like it's a card game going on on the other side of this wall in the kitchen. And, and so I can hear myself making judgments, but it's low It's simple. Um, um, I was going to explain that my first card I saw you come back, and your hand is raised. So when you press number one, you're in the place. But 
always makes me to assume that you have a question or a comment, River Ridge. So, beloved, if you if you have something to say, just jump right on back in. Okay. If not, you're welcome to get mute yourself and press the number one and lower your hand um, so that I won't keep thinking that I'm ignoring you. Okay. No. I welcome you. I, I, I was listening. <laughs> I didn't want to um, cut in. No, if you have a question or a comment, please cut in. Yes, um, I have. Can... I have. Well, yes, I do. I have a question. Um, I uh, meditate uh, quite a bit, and uh, um, I think it's buff. Okay, I, I'm listening to you on the phone and watching you. Okay, so I was wondering. Okay, um, is there's not a certain amount of time that I should meditate? I should meditate as often as I have time as I would like. And um, do you, um, well, I've started a new diet, and I was asking that too. That's another question. But I've changed my diet. I'm, I'm uh, eating a lot of more fruits and vegetables and trying to cut out meat. And okay. um, I was just wondering, yeah, I was want to ask that too, you know. That's part of meditation also, right? And drinking okay. plenty of water. Beloved, turn down the volume on your YouTube. Okay. okay because oh, it's, you're, you're, it's, oh, I have it all the way down. Oh, okay. It must okay. be my phone. Hold on. Just I heard you say I wanted to ask. Is that better? I heard you say I wanted to ask. But then you went oh, off. Oh, you off, okay? You off. didn't hear me. No. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Am I am I coming I, in good I've heard you. I've heard you the whole time. That's why I asked you to turn down. That's why I you to turn down your your YouTube because you're you're yes, obviously I have... me, you're obviously hearing me at a delay, and so you're repeating oh. things that we've already heard. And, and oh, oh well, I'm not looking at my phone. I have it down. Yeah, that's why I don't know why it's doing that because I'm not, um, I'm not looking or I don't have my YouTube up anymore. It's down because I was listening to you on my phone. <laughs> okay, what was your original question before you started talking? Okay, about I was, I was asking about meditation. Okay, stop. Um, stop. Okay, meditation. Yeah. Your question, I believe, had to do with timing, and that's a great question. Um, not just yeah, for you, okay. but for people who might be looking and listening yes. right now. Um, yes. You really want to take the time to be still, be quiet, silence your mind, you know, concentrate on your breathing, and not Focus on your thoughts, your your bills, uh, your random activities, uh, those things that often um, we somehow don't seem to remember until um, we're trying to meditate, until we're trying to be, be quiet. So you want to first take at least that amount of time. And you really don't want to attempt meditation uh, when you're tired when you're sleepy, uh, because you shouldn't be falling asleep in your meditation. So if you're meditating long enough to fall asleep, you're also meditating too long. You just want to take enough time as required for you to be still and to focus. Now, people who've been 
practicing meditation for long periods of time, have a greater degree of mobility in, in transcendental meditation, for example, um, can go into a trance, can go into a meditative state quickly uh, in, in an almost environment, whether it's quiet or not, whether they have they, they soft music going on or not. But once you achieve that, typically you don't want to spend time in meditation longer than 20 or 30 minutes. Now, it might feel like longer than that. And you might set an alarm or a time or, or set your meditation at a particular time of day um, when you are sure not to fall asleep, but also not to overindulge, for lack of a better word, in your meditation. Um, but you you want to be in meditative, in the meditative state, about 20 minutes a day. And if, and if you find it hard to meditate, that is exactly the amount of time you want to give it. Stop, breathe, go at it again, um, and then try it at another at another day or at another time. Now, now people who are, are a bit more advanced in the meditative process, then indeed um, they might meditate more than once a day. They might meditate twice a day, five times a day. Um, a great part of uh, the Islamic prayer cycle that I don't think is talked about a whole lot is the meditative element to it. Uh, and that might be why they don't talk about it because it, it sounds occult or, or, or spiritual and not quote unquote religious. But the idea of putting your forehead on the ground, kneeling and prostrating, uh, there's a ritual there that, that takes place. There's an algorithm that, that takes place. Um, people who rock, Sometimes you see children rock. Me and both Wapani did this as a child. Um, we would rock back and forth, you know, to create a meditative state, to create a sense of calm and peace, to sort of realign your inner body clock. Some of us need that background music to do that. Um, shaking leg syndrome. All of a sudden, that came up as a some kind of disease, some kind of condition requiring medication, you know, on TV uh, somewhere in the 80s. Prior to that, no one had ever heard of that before. Uh, but but that's something that I've been doing all my life. Um, I can't sleep without rocking. I can't sleep without my, my leg, like a metronome in music, keeping a bit beat, keeping a rhythm, unless I'm listening to music. And then I tend to go with the rhythm of, of music. Uh, growing up into my teens, um, it wasn't allowed in my house, but I had a small radio hidden away. Um, and I got, you know, good at hiding it between the mattresses, you know, in, in my bed. Um, so I could hear it, but it wouldn't emit sound, you know, throughout the house. And I could hear my music. And, and of course, I was listening to jazz and R&B and, and soul and, and stuff that, you know, sanctified evangelical church folks weren't allowed to listen to. Um, so I got really acquainted with um, the meditative process very young, um, um, beloved, in, in uh, River Ridge. I, I muted you for a minute because I was getting um, that reverberation, that um, yeah. repeated background noise. Uh, but I can hear you now clearly. So if you, if you want to say something, go right ahead. Uh, I was, the call was dropped. I just got back on just a few minutes ago, but I'm, I'm I was still listening. 
Yes, and I, I, I'm glad to um, hear the information that I'm hearing from you because um, I've often wondered, you know, and I really haven't just had many people to speak to because um, I was raised in a Baptist church. So um majority of my family, that's, um, my family are, are Baptists. So I, I've never really had anybody to really ask, you know, about meditation. So I, yes, the information. I <laughs> yes. Yeah. I understand. I do. I do. You, you and I have, you know, I was Baptist before we became evangelical Christians. Um, so I, I get it. I do. And, and there's a lot of propaganda out there in the so-called church community around meditation. Um, yes. I've heard from the most mildest complaints about it to the most extreme, um, just yes. fanatical, phenomenal um, uh, fears from church folks around meditation. And what they believe um, meditation could open a person up to. And and I believe a great deal of that fear is, in fact, what a person can see and or experience. Because when you're in your meditation space, there is no no filter, really, other than your own, other than Mm -hmm. the own guardians that stand at your own mind. And so there isn't, you know, some great authority there to sort of block and stop what you see. And I think it's yeah. one of the easiest and greatest ways to experience God for, mm-hmm. for religious folks is through meditation. And so that's why mm-hmm. some of these religious leaders don't want you to do it. Because yes, my mother says that it's not good to do that. My mother actually says it's not a part of God. It's not. It's a bad part. I'm like, Mom, that's not true. <laughs> it's not true. It's not bad to meditate. I can give you a Bible example of meditation right now. Right now. Forty days and forty nights, Christ went into the wilderness. The wilderness. Mm-hmm. Uh, or up on the mountain. Wherever he went and stayed out. And, and the devil tempted him. Mm-hmm. Similar story. And the devil came and tempted mm-hmm. him. Okay, so what are you doing in the wilderness for 40 days? Yes, that's what I told my mother. Like, Mom, what was he doing? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If you're not listening to God. See, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. We've been taught prayer through through a very carnal scope. So so most people, when they go into prayer, they think it's about asking for something, begging Mm -hmm. for something, demanding Mm -hmm. for something. Then there's another, another level evangelical Christians, or some Baptist folks too, where prayer is about praise. And so we're giving praise, and we're praising the Holy Spirit, and we're praising Jesus, you know. But at what point do we listen? At what point do we sit still and be quiet and just listen? Another way of defining meditation is listening. It's listening. But but what your religious leader, not your mom, because I don't want to make this personal. Mm-hmm. You're saying about your mom or my mom or anyone mm-hmm. who believes the way your mom does. Um, yeah. But listening also requires seeing when you're dealing with mm-hmm. God. When Moses and, and Daniel and other examples of people who listen to God, there's an example of, of vision. There's an mm-hmm. example of seeing something. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, one of my favorite mm-hmm. stories. 
Um, one of my most recent Instagram, Facebook posts is, is me, you know, at the cemetery, um, standing in a in a world-renowned spiritual symbol symbolic positioning, and I now have flames and fire, you know, coming up up out of the ground around me. And some people ask me, you know, what's the symbolic religious spiritual association? And I took them right back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so they had to hear God, right? You're in the fire. You're praying to God. You're asking for intercession. Okay, so at some point you got to hear. But the scripture goes on to say that they saw, that they saw. That, that at some point they that it went from three in the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to mm-hmm. four. So a part of hearing and responding to God is is to see. The third eye has to see. Um, hold on for me, beloved. Give me a moment to acknowledge okay. area code eight six zero. Eight six zero, your mic is now open. Welcome to the show. Who's calling and where are you calling from? I'm unfamiliar um, with you. How you doing, brother? Um, I'm originally from uh, Louisiana, New Orleans. This is actually T Bridge. How you doing? Um, I'm actually oh. in Connecticut right now. Oh, it's a blessing. Okay, so that's the Connecticut area code. Yes, it is. Oh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm unfamiliar. Once upon a time when I was a telephone operator, I can remember every zip code in the country. Uh, but now there are just so many new ones, even new 800 numbers. My number is a new 800 number, 845, and it, and it just seemed unfamiliar to me. I appreciate your call. Yeah. What's your question or comment? Actually, uh, my question was on the uh, the book for meditation. I actually do recall you mentioning in past videos. Um, I just, I, I'm actually currently at work. I actually listen as I work. And I, I just wanted to get the name of that book. And I actually meant to say, because I was doing, like, talk text as I was working, I meant to say vibrate, not uh, vibrate. I didn't mean Okay, okay. Um, yeah, now, if you're saying vibrant, I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's implied in all of the uh, Renaissance artwork. It's also implied mm-hmm. in Egu's artwork. Uh, from the Yoruba in Nigeria, um, and that is the halo. If you already weren't there, to, to the point I was getting at, it's, it's in the presentation of the halo. It also is structured in understanding what karma, not karma, chakras really are. Your, your mm-hmm. chakra center. So, so they're not just about being open and vibrating and spinning, you know, in their at their appropriate rate, the, the appropriate vibratory rate individually because your first chakra vibrates on a completely different uh, uh, kilowatts or hertz as your seventh chakra does. So when we're operating in our flesh or in our animal nature or in our ego or in our feelings, we're actually tuning down our vibration lower. And so now God and spirit and ancestors not only can cannot communicate to you in a way that you can hear, um, but can't communicate with you a great deal at all. Um, your question begs another question that's real interesting, and that's the one of, well, if I acknowledge ancestors, Orisha, Loa, I have shrines in my house, you know, can they see me when I'm in the bathroom? 
can they see me when I'm masturbating? Can they see me when my, me and my partner or me and my husband or wife are having sex? Um, and, and again, when we're operating in our animal nature, in our human nature, in our flesh, we're turning down the watch. We're turning down, tuning down the vibration. Now, there are other spirits and entities that occupy the lower grade vibrations that can, that, that can hear. So when we associate uh, the incubus and the succubus, for instance, we're talking about lower vibrating spirits that are trapped to earth. They're not angels. They're not, not uh, connected to higher vibratory uh, forces. They're connected to the flesh. They're connected to carnality. They, they need your energy, your blood, like most vampires, to survive. So these are lower vibrating frequencies. These are lower vibrating spirits. Um, someone even suggests that you know, the idea of changing the color in the room. Some of y'all like the red bulb and the black light bulb and, you know, changing the, 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 the optical frequencies in, in, your, in your bedroom or your love nest. That's actually a great idea. Um, again, it alters dimensional space. And so there are energy through one energy and can't see or pass through another. So, no, we're not exposed but naked uh, to our ancestors, um, not necessarily where we're doing human mundane things. Now, if we're in a, in a sense of urgency, for instance, um, injury, heaven forbid, accident, maiming, um, murder, um, you, your ancestors would see that. Your ancestors would be, be present for that um, because that's at a completely different vibration. Uh, and now there's that whole urgent vibration that's speeding out throughout the universe that's attracting the attention of uh, forces that would otherwise show empathy and sympathy to that alarm, but also spirits that might feed upon that 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 alarm. You know, we all know about the uh, attorneys who who chase accidents. We we all know about the pedestrian, you know, camera, they cell phone, who who's not going to help, but it's going to stop and film, you know, the fight, film the violation, film the crime. Um, so we know that there are, are lower lying spirits and jinn that feed off these moments, you know, and are present. But um, I know I digressed a little, but your question, like I said, actually begs for me to sort of go into into that. Uh, because that they're correlated topics. No, it's mm-hmm. no, perfect because it was leading to another question. You just answered it. My main concern was um, because this was actually uh, about a year and a half ago before my past relationship. Um, I got into studying uh, religion because I got tired of fear mongering and all that, and led me to uh, spiritual learning and frequencies and learning about energies to the point where my last relationships, which you just said, um, reorganizing your room, changing, just moving everything, reorganizing, taking certain things out to change energy. And solo for the whole question was, if I go back to that state where I'm in common at ease and is to a point where people can notice it, like literally one of my ex's best friends literally said, he's so calm, like, what 
how how do you do that? I'm concerned. I was a little concerned that once you answered, the ancestor would be present if I need them. Like if I try to stay with the energy throughout work, throughout wherever I go, would it be dangerous for me to keep that positive energy without having too much like an at ease energy throughout the day, which I was keeping okay. for like weeks in. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, no, I mean, to some degree, you would be describing me. Um, everybody mm-hmm. has a work mode. Everyone mm-hmm. has a work personality. Um, and the more office-like, the more building-like, hospital-like, military-like, school system, you know, like that your work environment is, the more likely you are to have a work personality. It starts at the interview. It starts at you hiding back your hair or toning down your jewelry or saving your beard, you know, and being clean shaven. It starts right there at the door. Um, someone is giving me really strong background noise. Please be careful or, or mute yourself right now. <laughs> okay. Um, it throws me off my chain of thought when I hear strong background noise. Um, so, it starts from the very door, beloved. Um, when they say, you know, we don't allow dread, or when they say, you know, you have to wear a suit and tie, or you have to wear a uniform. Everybody, I don't care how honest and organic of an individual you think you are, just like me, you have a work, quote unquote, persona. So yeah, you carry a, a, a particular energy. I know I do. I'm super positive. No matter what, uh, it would be very hard to rock my boat when I'm in this lane, when I'm in work mode. Now, and I invite it. I often invite it. Please call in, criticize, talk, talk your stuff, talk nonsense. You know, um, it, it's an example. I want people to see the example of all of the blessings. I want people to see the example of the spectral voodoo as it manifests through me. And so in this, people, you know, see what's before the camera. You might think this is a performance, so I'm working from a script, or this is his podcast space. What does he do in the real world when he's up against the attack? What does he do in the real world when he's back against the wall? And that's why I share my story. That's why I talk about being a kid on the street trying to find my way. At the, at the youngest ages of 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. That's why I share that. Um, so, uh, caller, yes, absolutely. Um, if I was still out there in the street, um, when I am in the street, I'm on set. Today, if I'm not working, voodoo, if I'm not in ministry, I'm filming. I'm on set. So it might be 200 people there. It might be 500 people there. Um, every time we film, it's a, it's a new ball, so to speak, a new supervisory team, so to speak, because it's new directors, new producers, new PAs, new, new ADs, new assistants, you know, new hair and makeup sometimes. You know, often the same hair and makeup might be on certain shows, certain networks, certain productions, but ultimately you're learning a whole new group of people. And even the talent might be people you're familiar with, people you've worked with before, but but then you're still forced into a whole new environment every single time. And heaven forbid we're wet, 
or in the mud or, or, or doing a period movie and we slaves in, in the 1700s, you know, and we're having to exist in that environment for 17, 18, 19, 20, 22 hours without being able to leave. People's authentic personality comes to the surface. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm the always a blessing guy all the time. Um, sometimes maybe too much. Um, people like my mother can call me out. Well, okay, you answered the phone, all is a blessing, divine peace and blessings. Where's the real note for right now? And if you're in a work environment, you might not want to expose yourself. That might not be the place to be emotional. That might not be the place to show everything about who you are. Unfortunately, some of us still don't have the same rights and liberties as others uh, in this society, in this culture, when it comes to firing and hiring and, and housing and, and Medicare and the like. So no, uh, vibrate, vibrate. I say every day, um, fake it until you make it. That's not my motto. That's a common 12-step motto. Fake it until you make it. Smile until you really mean it. Be happy until you really mean it. So, so beloved, if you already mean it in Connecticut, and you're already vibrating it, then just just vibrate that. Don't let people say, oh, well, you're too happy. That has to be fake. Well, you're too positive. That has to. No, it's not fake. It's we find other means of addressing the challenge. Because now you're forcing your energy to vibrate at the higher resonance. And so you're more creative. You are able to breathe in the moment. And, and be creative when the challenges in that workspace arise. So there's no such thing as, as, as uh, vibrating or, or um, I know you re-clarified the word. I, I can't remember exactly what you said. Um, and your mic is still open. Vibrate. Yeah. Vibrate. Be, I, I like yeah, to listen. As, yeah, be as vibrant as possible. Absolutely, we want to be vibrant. Uh, being vibrant is the difference from me um, looking and being in the moment, <laughs> you know, it could be the difference between you not being present versus being present in the moment. So absolutely be vibrant. Just be sure you're being organic, that you're being authentic, that when you leave that space, that when you get home, that, that there is a downtime, that there is a, a time to decompress, that there is a time to analyze the challenges that there is a time in the safety of your space, first in your head space, but then in your sacred space of your room or your housing or wherever you might dwell, that you are addressing, okay, um, there is a challenge. There is a problem. Um, I know I have to confront my, my, my boss, my manager, my coworker at, at some point, you know, so, so let me think now about what is the best way to do that without being moved off my square, without being forced to drug out of your vibrant space. You know, I mean, there are people who want to force you out of that space. They, they want to see you not be vibrant. And, and they like the, the feeling that they created the opportunity for you not to be vibrant. Oh, wow, did you see me just suck all the life out of his face? Did you see me just suck the smile right, you know, wipe the smile right off of his face? You know, you, you do have those kind of gin, those kind of demons, especially in a, in a work environment often that are going to 
they wait for the opportunity for you not to be smiling, not to be happy. Those people watch this show every day, beloved. (laughs) They watch this show every day. They don't comment. They don't click like. They don't subscribe. And they watch this show every single day. Um, One in particular, you know, give us a thumbs down as often as possible. And it's a random thumbs down, you know, in the crowd because they have to force that 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 off switch to the radio. And the reality is is that they're waiting to see me down, and you already have seen me down. When I'm down, I, I'm on camera. <laughs> when I'm down, I talk about it. You know, post Katrina, when we were all homeless and moving around and in and out. I broadcast. Oh, I know. I have a lot of family down there. When I went, I went to visit. I I got to see it. My grandmother, my cousins. I yeah, I broadcast live from, from the Salvation Army during that time. So y'all have seen me down. Y'all y'all have seen me in the struggle. You know, uh, when I say I need t- toilet paper, which I really do, I need toilet paper. I mean. The difference is people don't understand that you can be vibrant and be real. <laughs> you can be vibrant and be realistic. You can be wire, vibrant and be a, a warrior, be a spirit warrior. You know, um, there's never any reason to vibrate um, lower than, than you choose to at any given moment. There's never any reason. Even in, the, in our humanity, there's never any reason, you know. Um, whether it's enforced or created from outside yourself or from within. Uh, I don't care what what the circumstances are. Um, I can imagine, you know, being in prison and and, and having your dignity stripped away from you, you know, having your rights to some degree stripped away from you, having your womanhood, your manhood stripped away from you. There's still an opportunity for you to stand up. In, in your dignity, there's still opportunity for you to shine and, and be vibrant. Even even in that scenario, I would still be vibrant. I would still be me. Thank you so much, right. Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you're Thank welcome you. I appreciate it, brother. You're welcome to stay with us right. on the line. Yep. Just just mute yourself so that we don't hear your background noise. If you did right. have a question, well, I'm yeah, no problem. Um, actually, go ahead. If you have a question or comment at a later point, just unmute yourself and and come right on back into um, the conversation. Right. Why, we certainly do appreciate you. I want okay. to acknowledge um, a question from the chat. I'm all out of order with the chat. So if you could help me, I appreciate it. Um, someone. No, everything is okay in the chat. You're um, it's just Hutu Hutu occultism had three questions. It's not, and I want to be clear. It's not that I'm trying to be rude because I put explanation. Um, just a little housekeeping. Um, people don't realize the position of the screen and the size of the screen. And when you are hosting, you're you're hearing from spirit. You're you're trying to answer the question. You're trying to be diplomatic and, and not really say what you feel and 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 um and and and, 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 and be poised. 
and I'm trying to so read. So when you type in capital letters, it yeah. makes it easier to see. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate that. Um, I, I need my, my participants in the chat room to understand that. But without Kiona, the chat room would either be ignored or would be chaos. Um, because it would be very difficult for me to read in that small font um, from the chat and then maintain my script, maintain my context, ma manage the phone, manage both platforms, which, by the way, sometimes I don't do very well because sometimes I'm on the YouTube chat reading your questions, and then I have people sitting on the phone lines at 845-277-9143. Um, with their hand raised, waiting on me to respond. So please, please acknowledge and respect that she's not trying to be shady. She's not trying to, you know, call nobody out. Her question marks, her red uh, um, markings are primarily for me, but also to get the attention of, of, of those in the chat so that you can read over all the other stuff that's being said. We appreciate all the other conversation that's being said, but everything that's being said in the chat, we don't necessarily have to respond to out loud. So it takes time for me doing a live broadcast to stop and read every line as it's scrolling. If I did that, we would have long periods of silence, long periods of me saying, okay, wait a minute, let me see, let me check, let me read. You would have a lot of that. So Keona helps to keep this professional, okay? Keona helps to keep this organized and to, and to keep this together. Uh, so I certainly appreciate uh, Keona and 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 help me to maintain that every day in the chat as Keona is. Um, I have been a problem with keeping the chat and blog talk going, but I am answering your questions and your phone calls at area code. Eight four five two seven seven nine one four three. I just ask that you press the number one only if you have a question, comment, or request. I will open your mic and bring you into the conversation. Um, once your mic is open, um, it'll remain open unless you hang up. Um, and then once you hang up, like five zero four did, like eight six one did, and then they called again. Now your mics are closed until you raise your hand again. So I need my new listeners and my new participants, and we appreciate all the new people who are checking in with us right now. We love you, and we appreciate you, and we invite you to also participate. Who do a cultism? Who's one of our our, our star co-hosts who participate frequently, calls in, even while he's a trucker on the road, um, making sure the drains are open and free in in Beaumont, Texas. He also will type in really powerful questions and comments. And he asked uh, a, a little bit back about Simbi spirit or Simbi Loa. And Simbi Loa are, are most known and familiar in Haitian voodoo and New Orleans and Louisiana voodoo. But they are indeed a Congolese, West African rooted tradition. Um, we associate uh, uh, Simbi with many names, many paths, many traditions. We have Simbi Kikango. We have Simbi Basimbi, Simbi Bisam Simbi. And they represent the various 
female male patriarchal matriarchal water spirits that inhabit the realm of Simbi. Sometimes Simbi show up in Orisha, uh, like where the river meets the ocean. You know, uh, some of you know what I'm talking about. That that was code. Um, there are paths. There's a tradition. That there's an Orisha uh, that in English is where the river meets the ocean, uh, and it again suggests those marshy swamp areas. First in 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 the Congo, among the Congoli culture, but then as it carried into the new world, how it now manifests in Haiti, the bayou, here in the south. Um, they are elusive deities, much like uh, Omolu, in that we know that both life and death exist in swamps. We know that there is a, a process of decay and breaking down and the releasing of gases and, and the petrifying uh, of certain types of, of matter that take place in the swamp. Uh, a little while back ago, I, I brought out my whole uh, fossil collection for you, and I showed you petrified wood, and I showed you petrified uh, mud, and I showed you petrified swamp gas. Yes, petrified swamp gas uh, locked in into the, the, the putrefaction state uh, by way of the marshy, swampy, uh, environments, and these are the environments in which we associate uh, the various um, Grand Simbi, uh, Simbi on Diesel, uh, and, and many other Simbi paths uh, with various names uh, within the tradition. Um, quite often, these um, uh, paths show up in in Creole culture, uh, references to it and how to utilize or access Simbi. But they're also greatly feared because of their age, because of their strength, uh, because of the ancient nature uh, of, of these deities, of the, the patriarchal and matriarchal nature behind the, the Simbi forces. Uh, they are uh, still very closely associated in Yoruba culture with, with the Irumole, the Irumole, which predate, pre birth. Uh, what we know as Orisha today, and indeed they stand up in the the gases and the fluids uh, and and the purification and, and the breakdown of of nature itself and, and organic matter. So they're greatly respected. They're not a part of the the voodoo romance uh, uh, in any way. Um, you don't see them greatly appropriated. Uh, many people don't even understand them. Um, and, and when they do, um, they understand them or, or they try and approach them out of context. Um, I have a branch of Simbi in which I'm connected to. Um, you may have seen that reference um, somewhere in, in my video content. <laughs> so um, I'm familiar with, with the power of Simbi. There is a duality, a, a divine twinning that also exists within the realm of of Simbi, because again, your swamp is both life and death, both life and death coexistence uh, in that shared element, in that shared uh, natural demonstration. For my new listeners, the demonstration is the the eventual output of what you know, what you believe, what you understand, what you are if you will. 
So nature in itself is an outward demonstration. The, the tree, the rock, the root, the dirt even is an outward manifestation of some deeper science, minerals, atoms, molecules uh, that we don't see right away when we see nature on the surface, when we see the animal, when we see the insect. Uh, it is at that deeper level where Cindy exists. It is at that deeper level of the ocean where Olakum exists. And these forces, again, speak to the elements that transmute, that converge and mix, that, that can be absolutely a part of the antidote, Omolu, but are indeed the process of gases and, and mixture and admixture and alchemy uh, at its most root level. And so that's who, who the Simbi are. And I know that was a little bit uh, convoluted to some degree because I tried to teach without violating protocol um, as it relates. But we know Simbi by water, by liquids, by fluids, by compounds, uh, test tubes, scientific uh, experiments, elixirs, potions, lotions, they all ride with and, and vibrate on the energy that we know to be, that we that we associate with Cindy. I am buffering. Welcome to the buffering zone. I will check my phone lines momentarily. Welcome to the buffer zone. For being with me on the phone lines, for listening in and in with us, we most certainly do appreciate you. We would more love. I'm a little confused, and I apologize, but I didn't hear what Tamara Bragg heard, and I wanted to make sure that we're all um, on the same page. And if I'm off, then I'm the first to be, you know, the the first on display. So she's participating in the chat. Thank you, and she said basically the energy isn't right of the Simbi spirits. And I didn't hear that in you explaining what they are. That their no, spirits is No, I didn't say that at all. And and that could very well be her own opinion. Um I don't and I don't know how to educate her opinion about the Simbi spirits. Um but no, I, I didn't say that. I didn't suggest that in any way um at all. So that could only be um her own deduction from from her own level of of, of knowledge and or awareness. Um, maybe she can be more specific about what she means. She said that she she said to clarify that she she says no. That she says that the energy is not right with the tarot cards. Oh, I didn't see her question regarding her asking you about tarot cards. I apologize for the interruption. I thought she was commenting on what we were just talking about. First, first of all, I need you to stop apologizing. You apologize from all over the place. And that's not necessary. But for you to moderate it, that's not necessary. I say every day, jump in, cut in. I'd be waiting for the opportunity not to talk. So please stop, stop apologizing all over the place. Well, you know you will check. You know you will check somebody. So I don't want to be checked. I just want to make sure I'm. Doing it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And in the chat, <laughs> in the chat it's all kind of questions coming at me from hoodoo, uh, occultism, and, and 
Now I can't hear you. Hello, hello. I'm here. Hello, you beloved. Now you... Okay. So what was now being clarified? Yeah, I didn't hear a question no come through. She's saying no. She stated that the energy is not terror. And I, I absolutely agree. Um, the car that she had being right. And I agree about that when I find one of my most popular videos on the channel And I go into detail about elements and how elements show up in the world, how elements show up as tools of divination. So if you look at a, uh, you know, what's stronger, what what holds more energy, Organic mulch, that's the first thing with tarot cards. And then the second, and I might say the more important thing, is then what's involved onto the tarot cards. And that's why as recently as yesterday, I say if you want to study tarot, if you want to really be a real adept, qualified tarot, then you want to read Secret Teachings of the Ages by Manly Paul. Um, and, and you want to read the whole book, not just the one chapter about tarot cards. The whole book talks about the origins of not just tarot cards themselves, but the whole culture around tarot cards and, and occult symbolism and, and, and divine numbers and numerology and astrology and how all of that then shows up in an authentic tarot card deck. Because oracle decks aren't authentic tarot card decks. I'm not saying that they're not reasonable or, or usable in some way, but they're not tarot card decks. They aren't using if they aren't using the the four if they aren't using the same system. And I'm buffering now. We're in the buffering zone, Kiona, beloved. Um, if they aren't using the same system as your deck of cards, your regular deck of playing cards then it's not a real tarot deck. A real tarot deck has four suits, four houses, your cups, your coins, your your wand, your sword. And then a real tarot deck is going to have your major arcana and your minor arcana. That's a real tarot deck. And there are some real tarot decks that are new, that are evolved, that have some new imagery on it, but they stick to the basics. I say all the time, you can't take a shortcut in any of this. You have to first know the basics of a thing. You have to first understand the elements of a thing before you then can change it or recreate it or or, or produce something new from it. Uh, In order to create music, you got to be able to count. You got to have rhythm. 
You have to know your keys, your notes, your harmonies, and then you put those together in a new way, combination, in your new form, in, in your new version of that music, of that song, of that genre. But no one comes to an art, a science, a practice that's already well vetted, that already has a foundation underneath, and, and, and says, I'm going to create this all anew from scratch without understanding what the scratch ingredients are. What ingredients are scratch? What goes into that? <laughs> you know, the flour, the sugar, the, you know, the, the baking powder, you know, the, the pinch of salt, you know, the, the milk. Well, what goes into that? So th that's my whole issue with the overnight wannabe practitioner. You barely 30, but you, you really think you, you're a great reader uh, and, and a great provider of a service. You got 50,000 followers on Twitter, so that somehow now makes you a real witch. When you have no real witch footprint, no real witch background, um, because people miss the elements of a thing, the basics of a thing, the elementary part of a thing, um, and then to rush forward, uh, and create things brand new. And that's how we get defrauded. Oh my goodness, that's how we get cheated. That's how we get manipulated, and then we say we were tricked. Either by the defrauder, you know, or by Eshu himself. Uh, then we say we were tricked when we took way too many shortcuts, way too many, you know, uh, uh, avoidance of work to really get to the source. So, Tarot, I know I said a lot to respond to Tarot. Tarot is a slippery soap tambourine. I've had some very negative, violent demonic experiences in association with tarot cards. So, uh, you know, I hate to sound like the evangelical. Uh, we're not coming from the same place. But they fear is valid if you're operating in these systems and you don't know what you're doing and you are not knowledgeable. Uh, it goes back to what we said about meditation. Their fear, the religious fear, is what God reveals to you or what spirit might reveal to you in the course of your meditation that you might be curious enough to ask about. That you might be curious to come out of your meditation and actually research and, and explore and, and begin to ask questions. Many people do it. Many people have done it. I was, when I was in the Baptist church, beloved, uh, we visited another so-called Baptist church, but there was some sanctified holy thing going on. And people were shouting and speaking in tongues. And this sister from the Baptist church spoke tongues. That became a controversy. You know, how do we approach that? How do we speak to that? You know, what does the Bible say about that? You know, it, it was a big to-do. And, and even in that, I guess I was, I don't know, 10 or 11 maybe 12 when that happened. It was amazing to me how intense and heated the discussion was and there were no books present in the room. I mean, oh yeah, they had their old Bible in the room. And we know there are hundreds of versions of that. But there were no biblical thesauruses, no biblical encyclopedias, no language books. 
to, to really make sense of, 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 of what was being said? Is it tongues versus other tongues? Is it babbling versus something that's supposed to be said, you know, and, and, and interpreted, which the, one of the scriptures does say that it should be interpreted. So, again, we often have this generation, and I'm, I'm, and I'm not talking about millennials or age, this present generation that we live in that wants to take the shortcuts of things. And so tarot cards, paganism, witchcraft, it shows itself to them as a quick access to that without having somebody tell me what to do, without having someone instruct me of rules and regulations. Someone telling me there's, you know, a limit to what, what I do and, and, and to my demonstration. Please, I woke I'm all over the place here, literally and figuratively. I'm looking at multiple chats and multiple Hutu uh, Cultism had a question I'm asking what is remote viewing remote viewing um, is a real interesting topic because it is a um, camera brag I'm seeing all your comments um, as far as I can tell um, remote viewing is a spiritual thing but it's a spiritual thing that was taken over by the U.S. government and ultimately, the Russian government. Now, let me talk about the UK, not the UK, Russia for, for a moment. Um, and I know they changed their name and their structuring over the generations. So we're talking about uh, the 60s, the 50s, uh, the 40s, even the 1970s, where this began to become known and then leak into popularized spiritual books about mentalism, about um, telepathy, about psychic skills and abilities, we sort of had a resurgence of interest um, in this in the 40s, 50s, and then again in the 60s and the 70s with, with the hippie movement uh, and, and subsequently the New Age movement. And that's mentalism, the use of the mind to empower uh, through the mind, and, and accessing powers of the mind that otherwise are not being utilized or not being being tapped and or considered. Um, it was once believed that we only use 10% of our brain. Science has sort of debunked that. But what science has not proven is what, what that other percentage of our brain to a greater degree, what is it really doing? How is it really operating? So remote viewing otherwise is a spirit practice. And it is a practice of going into meditation, skilled transcendental meditation, and then either guided meditation or self-chosen meditations with a destination to see a particular person, place, or thing. So for instance, someone might remote view uh, the local movie theater. I almost said some government facility, but I don't need no problem. Um, somebody might re- remote view, you know, the park. You might remote remote view Africa or Asia. The things that me and my sister Wapani did as a child uh, before we even know what remote viewing was. Um, the government took on, on to this 
sort of as a means of explaining and or debunking this popularization of spiritism. Um, I'm trying to think, who who are the leaders of that? Um, who's the guy, the white guy, the prophet? Uh, he could see people's bodies. He could, he could see people's health conditions. Um, he was very popular during his time period. I'm leaning in because I know Keona, somebody going to type that into the chat um, if it don't come to me first. Uh, but he was a mentalist, a spiritualist. He would go into deep trances and he could read people. He could communicate with people's ancestors. He was said to go back and see Atlantis. He was said to go back and see ancient Egypt. Uh, he discovered things beneath the pyramid that later archaeologists located beneath the pyramid. Um, Oh, wow, I still can't think of his name. Um, it'll come to me. Um, and so that sort of sparked this interest in mentalism, spiritualism, spiritual gifts, and, and the outward manifestation of that. And so we then find out through this government document that the U.S. has this whole program, um, not Max Maven, no, 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 um, right? Pasty, I want to say the 1940s, maybe, maybe the 1930s. Um, he was all the rage. He would do readings on people and could diagnose health conditions. He could see the tumor. He could see the cancer. And, and, and not Max Maven. And why this guy's name is not on the tip of my tongue. Oh, my goodness. When I stopped trying to think about him, because I could see him in my mind's eye. His name will come to me. And so behind that, the government then moves into this program of utilizing these spiritual gifts, these psychic gifts, both the U.S. and Russia, to remote view government facilities, weaponry facilities, um, hidden caches of gold, um, hidden secret rooms in a building. And this is being facilitated by paid, well-trained, well-studied. Um, no, that's not it. Not Bob, no, <laughs> not not Bob Cassidy. Um, not the no, not Theodore. No, no. Um, it'll come to me. So the government is paying these psychics, these mentalists, these visionaries who can see remotely to do military missions. And so they're remote viewing for weapons, remote viewing for secret rooms, not Alexander, not John Edwards. Y'all are naming everybody except this one guy. Um, <laughs> um, and so remote viewing, that's what remote viewing is. It is the ability to see, like someone might attempt to remote view my temple. So you, you might think you have some idea of where my ancestors are housed, where my kitchen might be, uh, where my garden might be. And I'm not talking about, you know, what you can get off Google Maps. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about real contextual stuff, which is why it was such a big deal uh, and ended up in, in, in books. Uh, and of course, came big scandal of U.S. governmental program um, 
Give me a second, y'all. Now y'all have forced me to type, and I can't type and talk at the same time. I'm going to look this guy up for myself. Okay, I'm going to give you one one clue that should help. Edgar Casey, that's it. Edgar Casey. (laughs) Edgar Casey, that's it. I was just getting ready to give the one clue. Um, He predicted the rise of Atlantis. Edgar Casey predicted that Atlantis would begin to rise and that they would begin to find documented evidence um, thank you, um, Moz Mutable. Thank you kindly. <laughs> um, and, and he predicted that they would begin to find evidence of the rise of Atlantis underneath the sea. Now, of course, he predicted, ultimately predicted Bimini Road. And Bimini Road sits close to Florida, close to Cuba, somewhere in that region in, in the Bermuda Triangle. Um, it's been disputed if it's a natural formation if it's an actual um, real uh, uh, human-created formation, since we now have this satellite technology that can now go out into space and then come back and, and, and map underwater, underground, under sand, under earth, we're finding these compounds, these archaeological, megalithic, often megalithic um, um, structural sites that have no real world explanation have no real scientific tangible meaning and explanation for us um right now and so edgar casey's the one that stands out for me uh he's the most studied for me uh in terms of my growing my development my age group uh, you know i was born in 1966 um so um edgar casey's name was really big and particularly in association with hoodoo occultism, original question about uh, remote viewing. And so remote viewing made voodoo real for me. Remote viewing made everything spiritual I was reading real for me. Remote viewing made crystal work and, and meditative work really real for me because I could not, as a left brain practical, reasonable, logical Virgo, I could not make sense of the government, and particularly world governments, not just the U.S., but Russia, also hiring teams of people to do remote viewing if it weren't real, if it didn't have some contextual basis. And just like COINTEL, the COINTEL program, which they claim, you know, ended or just vaporized, after a certain point, it is said that the remote viewing also just ended. But I have said many times in this show that that sort of the ending or vaporizing of these programs coincides with new technology, satellites and computer technology. And so, and so these programs now have evolved to a higher level. My roof is crowing so loud, I can't hear myself talk. Um, it has evolved now into this higher technology. So some of you who are superstitious, paranoid, uh, conspiracy theorists, you are on to something. You are on to something. There is some suspicious energy in the air that, that you all are in response to. You are being watched. You are being examined. We are being followed. We are being monitored. Uh, for me personally, personally, it's to a degree of how much do I care. 
I'm not real life. I'm not, you know, creating anything right now that I would not want leaked, that I would not want monitored, that I would not want looked at, even in my private life. Um, you know, randomly you get these uh, viral emails, messages, and they're really traps designed to get into your computer. Um, and, and one of the newer ones um, is this porn thing. And you get this warning that somehow you've been uh, observing porn. And while you were observing porn, uh, they were observing you through your camera or, or through your equipment. And now they're going to hold your computer and your email and, and everything hostage under the threat that, that all this footage um, is going is to be uh, leaked and or revealed. And, and, of course, for me, I, it's not real right off. I ain't got no footage, okay? <laughs> I ain't got no footage, you know? And then my camera, when I'm not using it, it's, it's always off. It's always blocked. So they don't even have me doing voodoo in my house. They, they, don't even, they don't even have me doing meditation, you know, in my house. So I know it's not real. And I keep warning y'all, ignore Facebook Messenger. Stop using Facebook Messenger unless it's your mama, your sister, your brother, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, and they're using language and conversation that you know. Otherwise, stop using Facebook Messenger. It's a death trap. They're coming for your computer. They're coming for your life. Don't Stop clicking on the little cute links. Stop clicking on the little cute pictures. If I send you pictures on Facebook, you don't have to click on it, right? Unless you want to expand it, right? But if I send you a salacious picture and say, hey, you know, the secret is behind this picture, and I don't tell you what the secret is, I'm not clicking on it, and I don't advise you to click on it either. I'm clicking on everything that comes through the messenger. Um, that's how these viruses and this craziness and whatnot is, is, is getting in. It's, it's getting through to us. I invite your questions, your comments, your requests. You, you still have an opportunity uh, for those who are already on the phone line to raise your hand, and I'll open your mic, and I'll respond to your question, comment, or request. Um, I don't think you can call in now at area code 845-277-9143 because they have begun their countdown. And after the countdown at 2 o'clock U.S. Standard Time, everything that's said on Block Talk Radio will then go into archive, and then anyone can re-listen to it again in archive. We also support Block Talk Radio because it's a backup to the YouTube Live. So when the buffering is happening in YouTube Live, what you're not hearing can be heard clearly in archives in Block Talk Radio. So I appreciate you all using both uh, needs and modems. Uh, Keona, if, if you will, just help me if I'm behind on my questions in the YouTube Live chat where the remainder of the show can't get um, Blog Talk Radio chat to stay and it keeps buffering. So I'm only using the super chat with my superstar co-host Keona helping me um, to identify what I'm not. Um, uh, Tamara Bragg is referencing Bishop Charles Mason of the Church of God in Christ, the founder of the Church, Church of God in Christ, 
being high-level Freemasons and powerful root workers. Um, I don't know how true or how well-documented the root worker portion of it is. However, I will say that I believe it to be true. Um, I also know that many of our quote-unquote black church organizations were created by Freemasons, Masonic people, travel, people who have been, uh, uh, I'm guarding my word now, people who have been um, walked into the mysteries, if you will. Um, and I've always, even going back to childhood, found it really odd that that would not be talked about, that would not be well known, that that would not be well popularized. The connection that many of these church leaders have to these other organizations. And I remember even in my own story, um, my father, <clears throat> it, it was hard for me to even say that without swallowing at my fifth chakra. Um, as we entered into sanctified evangelical apostolic Christianity, um, he claimed to put that down. He claimed to no longer associate with it. Um, I don't remember him using the word witchcraft or cultism, uh, but it was sort of implied. While at the same time, during the same time period, um, my father suggested I start my own church. And I had to be uh, 16, 17. We're in the buffer zone. Buffer zone, you all. Buffer zone. And it's unfortunate now that we're in archive of Block Talk Radio. I need my YouTube live stream to be consistent. Um, so welcome back from the buffer zone. Welcome back from the buffer zone. Welcome back. Welcome back from the buffer zone. Welcome back from the buffer zone. So even then, um, I found it odd that particularly the church that I was in, um, Prosperity Ministry, um, one of the largest, um, quote-unquote, sanctified apostolic churches in the city um, of Washington, D.C. at the time. Um, ironically, they, I just recently found out they eventually turned, tore down 9th and O Street Northwest, Washington, D.C., and built an apartment building there. Um, so, so the church still exists, but they've moved somewhere else. Um, out into the, to the Maryland suburbs, but that physical building is no longer there. Uh, the pastor that I was with, Bishop C.L. Long, has, has passed on. That, that whole family, uh, uh, much to my knowledge, has moved on. But it was in that space that I learned about, that I acknowledged um, that spirit practice, that higher knowledge, and, and even in some cases, occult knowledge coming through in those mega church environments. And it's not said out loud. It's not talked about out loud. And people who don't know any better might question to what degree, or people who absolutely do know better might question to what degree that, that other knowledge, that other information is ultimately influencing uh, the whole body of, of the temple space. Um, I'm having terrible buffering right now, so I, I don't know how clear 
my YouTube live is, um, but I'm having terrible buffering. I see um, Hoodoo Occultism question about the Black Mirror. I really do want to talk about that. Um, as soon as I can get a a clear stream without all the um, excessive buffering. It's almost like because I said it, now I'm getting it back to back to back. And that's how I know that there's a conscious hand behind the technical uh, issues that we experience in the show. Right now, I'm having difficulty uh, getting YouTube Live back at all uh, for my Blog Talk Radio archive participants. Greetings from the buffer zone. Greetings. We're on some hot topics today. We're on some controversial topics today. We're on some scrutinized topics today. Some of these topics get governmental figures to look at you. Um, and so we're experiencing a great deal of buffering right now, interruption in the stream. So forgive me if I don't seem right now in my, in my approach. I'm trying to talk, keep my uh, entertained me, um, while um, maintaining YouTube Live at the same time. I'm not even sure right now. Um, I think Blog Radio is okay. Keona, say something so I know Blog Talk Radio is okay. Um, please, as she has asked, type your questions in all capital letters in the chat so we can see and respond. I hear you, Keona. Thank you kindly. Um, okay. I hear you. Okay. The um, Secret so of All Ages by Manly P. Hall was the book that, that uh, he recommended, correct? Okay, because I'm not typing in. I want to make and sure I'm Yeah, there's more um, in the book than just tarot. It's got numerology in it. It's got um, astrology in it. It has um, Masonic wisdom and information in it. Um, a great deal, as I said, of, of what we understand today as a cult or spiritual comes out of that book. And, and not that book specifically, but the context of the history and information. Because it's really a history book. There's no opinion in there. There's no modern in there. Um, it, it's really a history book. But it's a history of um, sacred text from a Christian and pre-Christian uh, era that now feeds our understanding of religion, philosophy, and so astrology is in there. Occultism is in there. Tarot cards are in there. Um, and again, of course, for the person who's only trying to expand their awareness and understanding in tarot, tarot chapter. I try not to even mention that there's a tarot chapter in there. To, in order to sort of trick people into reading, getting getting to the chapters that that precede the tarot, uh, and then read the tarot. But it has astrology, Asia, alchemy, Americana, ancient Near East, um, Basque, Baha'i, the Bible, the Book of Shadows, Buddhism, Celtic culture, Christianity, the classics. A comparative studies, um, DNA, Earth mysteries, Egyptian, England, 
esoteric, evil, Freemasonry, Gothic, Gnosticism, Grimoire, Hinduism, the I Ching is in this book. Islam, Islamic, Johnnyism. It's really a a encyclopedia, if you will. Um, the site that this book is on, Sacred Text. Uh, the site that it's on is Sacred Hyphen Text with an S. T E X T S dot com. Sacred Text. And that's where I access um, this book, The Secret Teaching of the Ages. So it's a free link. You have access to the book for free. Um, you won't immediately see it in the uh, uh, in the uh, uh, what do you call it the uh, the list the uh, index um, the opening con- content you you won't see it there um, but if you type in in the search or even in your browser um, secret teachings of the ages um, it should redirect you back to this this site that I'm referencing sacred text. So people who are indeed um, interested in religion, spirituality, occultism, magic, witchcraft, ritual, from any perspective, from any perspective, this is my gift to you. This website, Sacred Tattoos of All Ages. So I would like you to read the book in its entirety. Um, And it's a book. It's a university level book. Um, the zodiac and its signs, uh, the the Bimini uh, table of Isis, um, the oracles of the ancient world, you'll find all of that in this book. And so it really gives you not just tarot, but a real context of, of in which tarot was created, passed down, how we use or interpreting tarot now. I want to respond to the Black Mirror scrying question. The Black Mirror, you know, you read these books, so-called magical books, and many of you are falling for these magical books. Even my beloved Merlene falling for these magical books. Denise Augustine, stop, stop, stop. Please stop. (laughs) Sometimes y'all ask me about stuff not in these books that doesn't have a context within voodoo, within ATR, within obia work, within real root work um, in conjure. So you read books about the black mirror and they try to tell you how you can create a black mirror. And the reality is the black mirror is created from obsidian. Obsidian. Black obsidian. And today, in our modern, you know, advanced world, we can buy obsidian. You can buy it in a in a slab. You can buy it in spheres. You can buy carved objects, religious icons, um, in black obsidian. But you can't create or make a magic mirror. So that's the first thing. Ignore these these ritual books that say that you can. It's really black obsidian and a big enough, large enough piece in which to scry, scry, S-C-R-Y, scry. I'm in the buffer zone, so I'm, I'm talking, and, and I know Block Talk Radio can hear me. Oh, 
but I'm getting just a dark screen on YouTube until they decide to check back in again. I've tried everything, moving the phone around. The phone I'm nervous about screen. that black mirror. I am nervous about that black mirror. Unless I am properly trained, I won't touch it. I went to a store in Sherman Oaks because I had you know, wanted to learn about this black mirror, and they had one. It was like $85, and I was looking at this mirror. And then I, I came back down the aisle, and I felt that spirit jump on my ankles. And when I tell you I felt like I was about to faint, I felt yeah. like I was shaky. I felt my temperature changing, like in my body, like my like a fever or something. I felt like I was just going from hot to cold. I had to get up out of that place. And I was like, uh-uh. I don't even want to look at one because I'm, mm-mm. Let me say, too, that, you know, we think of people like Nostradamus, for instance, who was said to use a black mirror. But if you do your research, then you know that his black mirror was obsidian. So it is having a large enough piece, smooth, polished piece. This is an occasion where you want polished, um, and then you are looking into the stone. And stone is a bit of a misnomer. Black obsidian is really glass, volcanic glass. It's produced volcanoes, produced from the magma, uprising in the earth and coming into the crust and then cooling really quickly and creating these sheets and large chunks of, of this volcanic glass. Um, sometimes you get rainbow obsidian, you get watermelon obsidian, you get these halos, these bullseyes in the black obsidian, which can be beautiful and very powerful tool in the use of the black obsidian, but can obstruct the ability to use black obsidian uh, in a scrying fashion as is suggested with the black mirror. So you want uh, black obsidian, uh, the larger pieces that you can obtain. And then it is indeed that black smooth uh, of the glass. And, and I, and I want to say clarity, clarity, but I use the word clarity um, loosely in the, in the uh, buffering zone. In the buffer zone, in the buffer zone. I use the word loosely in the buffer zone. We're buffering, Kiona. Um, there we go. I don't know what's going on, but we're buffering. So I use the word stone loosely because uh, Apache teardrop, black obsidian is really volcanic glass. It's not a stone. Uh, so it has a completely different charge, energy, dynamic makeup uh, than other true black stones like obsidian, for instance, or, or black tourmaline. So it is a, a trick of the mind, and I use trick scientifically in that it, it forces you to flip your focus, alter your focus, and then see inter and interdimensionally into other dimensional planes. It acts as a, as a portal, if you will, a, a black hole for the consciousness. And scrying can be done with not just a black mirror or black obsidian. It can be done on, on, on black onyx. Uh, for instance, this is a large enough piece of black onyx without any obstruction, you know, in its clarity to focus one's attention deeply enough to get 
a trance-like scenario going on. Scenario, it's an altered state of consciousness that's taking place. It's not like the magic somehow jumps out of the black obsidian onto the viewer. The viewer has to be matured spiritually and in a place to sit still and to cause focus and to allow that focus without responding to it. Because your natural animal instinct is to respond. It's to jump. It's to flinch. You know, you see something move to respond to it. It's a natural program to our human survival. These are things you're learning through meditation and trance work to tone down, to temper, so that your focus is still without, you know, you see flame and fire without altering your gaze, without altering your consciousness. Otherwise, you break the frequency, and then you, you can't see. And if that were the case, then these items would be emitting imagery literally onto the wall you know, 24 hours a day, if the power itself were um, inherent in the stone. And the power, when working with the magic mirror, I'm speaking of both uh, Hoodoo Occultism and um, Kiona, is actually in the person who's utilizing the magic mirror. Um, it's said that you can gaze water. We know you can gaze clear crystal, quartz crystal. Um, so the black mirror, is, is, is the wording is a bit overused and popularized, but, but really we're talking about scrying, mineral scrying, stone scrying, and, and the black mirror or black obsidian uh, is a unique one unto itself because it's not mineral-based particularly. Um, it's mineral-based in terms of malta, what's molten in the lava? Uh, but it's really cooled glass created uh, from from the lava. Can you disconnect from your bloodline, your ancestors, specifically her mother? No. Um, you can be disconnected from, meaning you don't know your mom, you don't know your mom's family, you have no real relationship to that side of the family or, or that history, uh, but you cannot be disconnected from because your mom and her family exist in your blood. So you cannot ever be disconnected from. And that's why those of us, speaking of myself, who have traumatic backgrounds, violent, you know, uh, childhoods or upbringing, you know, your desire is to run. Your desire is to escape. Your desire is to get away from your past and your memories of the past or your energetic connection, if you will, to the past, completely different from your ancestors. I say you're talking about relatives when I'm speaking of agons and ancestors. So your agons and ancestors are indeed those that you know, those who've recently gone on, or recently, meaning they're still in the memory of you and your family and those who can call them by name or, or share their picture or, or obituary with you. But there are also egoons on the other side and ancestors on the other side that you don't know, that you've never met, that lived before you, that preceded the people, the relatives that one might find 
problematic. So one can be disconnected from your ancestors, but no one can be disconnected um, from the butt line. No one can disconnect from the butt line. So you can experience being disconnected. You are experiencing being disconnected. Um, I'm not sure if your question is, is, a, is a desire. You might desire to disconnect, but you can't disconnect. You can't move away. You can't go to another country, marry a foreign partner, and have children that speak a whole new. You are still connected to your ancestors. You're still connected to your background, your ancestors. Um, Uh, the question is, um, Ma's mutable. What do you do when feeling disconnected at times from spirituality? Everybody feels disconnected from spirituality at some point. Um, it's not always the end of the road. It's not always a negative thing. It's not always a negative connotation. Um, I'm disconnected from spirituality sometimes when I get up in the day. Now, not when I first wake up. Surprisingly, when I first wake up, I'm very spiritual, and I want to hold on to what I may have dreamt, what I may have done in my sleep, what energies might be present. I also sleep a room away from the room that houses my ancestors, so I can't get up without being there, seeing them, experiencing them, being a part of that, and then carrying out the ritual associated with them. So I wake up spiritual. But then when I come down them steps and I'm just now, you know, preparing the coffee and I'm having to go through the morning news or, the, or my morning email, I'm, I'm not all that spiritual. I'm not in the mood for my phone to be ringing and, and it do be ringing. My Skype to be going off and it do be going off. I don't be in the mood to talk to people. I don't be in the mood to talk to my mama. I don't be in the mood to talk to my sisters or my brother the first thing, you know, in the morning. In terms of as a business person, some of you in terms of work are going to work or getting to, into your routine. You, you might not be peppy and steppy, you know, right away. So I'm not, quote, unquote, spiritual. I'm allowed some downtime to be human. I'm allowed some downtime to be in my flesh. Now, it doesn't give me the right to project that out into the world, but I have a right to sit in my feelings. I have a right to feel what I feel. You have a right to feel what you feel as a human, as a being first, and then allow that to circulate up. So we're not all spiritual all the time. And so sometimes what it takes to get me going is the fact that, okay, I got an 8 a.m. appointment. Bro, you got to get it together. You got to shake it off. And so, you know, my spiritual bath, or, or, or a spiritual shower. Sometimes we don't talk a lot about the spiritual shower, but sometimes you got to take a spiritual shower. You don't have time for the, for the full bath, the full tea, the full concoction, and you've got to do the, the, the spiritual shower and shake it off and get yourself together quickly. Um, and then I acknowledge spirit, loa, shrines, altars. You know, I might ring bells. I might do something now that moves you more into that realm of, of being spiritual. I might now consciously choose to meditate. 
I might now consciously choose to, to exercise. I might now consciously choose to move that energy around both me, my space, my house. Um, and I'm not getting personal. I'm not trying to read you, Mods, um, Mitchell, but clean the room. Clean up the house. Sometimes when you get in that space and you, you can't be spiritual and then you look up and you got all this stuff sitting around you. Get your feng shui together. And that also is getting the blood going. It forces you to get up, forces you to move around, let some light in. Make sure you're getting vitamin D, especially right now with the stay-at-home stay order in place. Make sure you get appropriate vitamin D, appropriate sunlight. I'm a door popper. I like to stand in a door. I like to look. I like to be nosy. Any sound. Any sound, I'm coming looking. I'm peeping. Unless, you know, a certain sound, you know, you don't come running to the door, folks. Uh, but I can see you. <laughs> I can still see you. Um, so make sure you're getting light. Make sure you're getting skin to music that conjures up spirit for you, that conjures up culture for you. Um, and, and that could bring spirit back to life. Work with your favorite crystal. Sit with it. Allow it to sit with you. And it'll come back. It's, it's just a cycle. It's just a season. It'll come back. We're in the buffering zone. Um, Block Talk Radio, you already know because my speech is hesitant. We're in the buffering zone, both on my desktop and my and my mobile device. So um, I appreciate your patience. Greetings, Melvin. Great house. Greetings. Greetings, blissful divination. Welcome. Welcome to the room. May I ask a question? Kiona, stop <laughs> apologizing. Stop. Stop it. Just I, I told you, just jump in. I'm buffering. Okay. You know that. Jump in. Okay. Okay, so I'm getting personal. So when females, when we get our flow, is it good for us not to wear our crystals or if we have elakis because of of our energy? Because like during that time is when your energy is like really hot. Okay, yeah, you're getting personal, and not in the way that you think. You're getting personal in that you are now leaking. Um, either your own practice or the practice of others. And so you, they're trigger words for me. You said a lakey. Are they a lakey? A lakey is a sanctified. A lakey are consecrated ritually and have a very big set of rules. So so it's certain environments that the lakeys are not going to be carried into. And this instruction should come with the Aleki. But ain't no instruction if you bought your Aleki that's soap. Ain't no Aleki if you went to the bead shop and made your own. Ain't no Aleki if you bought them housed, uh, stored up, uh, you know, wholesale Aleki's off the rack at, at the corner botanical. Those not Aleki's, those are bees. Those are bees. 
So I, I had to say that. So if I'm being personal to you, forgive me. I ain't trying to step on toes. Or if you were asking, no, I wanted the real. Okay, well, no, I wanted the real, so I asked. If I didn't make them and send them to you, if your Baba Lau didn't make them and send them to you, they not they not like they bees. If they just symbols, just banners of. Otherwise, they would come from, with some rules, and you don't carry them into the cemetery. I said that before on the show. The cemetery is the realm of the dead. The ancestors is the realm of the dead. Eglons is the realm of the dead. So you don't carry your lakeys into the cemetery. They are among the living. I was years into this practice before I knew that. I was years into this tradition before my last godmother, may she rest in her room, said that out loud to me. So it's no shame for me or you, Kiona, or for anybody listening. But but y'all are deluding yourself with store-bought bees because it's whole bunch of instructions you don't have. And all Elakis don't look the same either, by the way. They all don't have the same color combinations, the same color patterns, the stuff that you're getting out of these. It don't operate like that. Everything is made individually. There is no prepackaged bees. There is no prepackaged Elakis. There are no prepackaged Grigris. There is no prepackaged Sajidi. There is no prepackaged Voodoo doll. They're all created and made ritually and in divination. And if that's being done, then there's a set of information. There's a set of rules that come with it. So when you're doing unconsecrated things, unsacred things, you are not wearing your legs. You don't have them on. Now, menstruation. We're talking about something that's natural. But depending on your head, I have to be careful now with my wording, depending on your head and how you receive your head, you are not going to be in contact with certain elements like blood ritually anyway, depending on who's on your head and who's governing you and how that lays upon you on the table. So divination can go several ways first, and then it can reinterpret it down specifically to the individual that that's sitting across that's sitting across. By all means, I wouldn't. I, I would go into to white mode if that's possible, as much as possible, because I see the flow as being sacred. I see childbirth as being sacred, not the punishment. Not the evil that that men in the buffering zone in the buffering zone typically uh, try to place it. So I would wear white if I could, cover my hair white. I, I would be concerned about my head during that time if I could. I know some of y'all got to work, some of y'all got costumes and uniforms and you know what not going on. I would take some. I would remove the activity of my Arisha. Because the Arisha are living. And to some degree, all Arisha require blood. There ain't no vegan Arisha, by the way. Ain't no vegan Arisha. Stop playing games. Ain't no vegan Arisha. Okay, so so those Alekis have had blood on them. Blood on them. So no, you wouldn't want to be wearing them. No. 
And I know I said a lot, but, but, but I told you, you hit some triggers, beloved, which I love. Well, no, I asked you, and I come to you because I want the real, because I never forget I got tight one day. I went to this Botanica that I've, that I've respected, and they uh, sold it. Somebody said, oh, you got Yamayasa. I went to the Botanica, and they said, okay, we'll sell it to you. Let's take it in the back and do something, whatever they're supposed to do. So they put it on the altar. I stayed there for a few minutes. I put it on. So then when I came in contact with someone that had was birthed, in Ifa, raised in it, but they were American on the East Coast. The guy said, oh, nice jewelry. I said, no, this is, you know, consecrated. He said, girl, bye. That is not <laughs> that is not what you have. You got some jewelry. <laughs> and I was mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's a diplomatic better way to put it. You, nice jewelry. You got to, I say beads. He said jewelry. You got on some beads. You got, you, you got on some beads, you know, that, that haven't been consecrated, that haven't been birthed, that have no direct personal connection to you, you know. And, and if we really want to get creepy and scary, you don't know who made them or where they came from. And, and you don't know what state their life was in in the process. Listen, this is real business, real business. We got a botanical right here in New Orleans. I'm about to go there. Many of you are familiar with F and F Spiritual Church Supplies, F and F Botanica Candle Shop. Three owners, three owners dead in 30 days. In 30 days, the original owner, who we all love, all love, Felix, everybody knew Felix, everybody loved Felix. Felix had been around. In our community, in the black community, Felix uh, was Hispanic for generations, for decades. We all love Felix, FNF, Botanica. Felix died due, due to some health complications. Then the next person who took over, female, closely related, then she died. This ain't no corona now. This, this happened, what, three years ago, four years ago? Then the brother-in-law, son-in-law, takes over. He died within 30 days. Within 30 days. So y'all can play with these botanicals if you want to. Y'all can play with this stuff if you want to. Now, I love FNF. I know what was in FNF. You had real stuff in FNF, and you also had that commercial stuff in FNF. You had the real hard work uh, seasonings and ingredients in there, but you also had the quick fix, the, the quick repair, the hot foot. Uh, all of that was in there, too. The, the money candle, you know, one of my godchildren knocked on the door yesterday talking about a money candle. Money candles are made and created individually for the person that, that that's being worked. They are not a already made candle that you might wash and clean and clean, <laughs> as I demonstrated, you know, before or on the show, you know, and then make sure you anoint it with the appropriate oil. Okay. But what's in the body of the candle? And what's in the wax of the candle? And what kind of wax is it, by the way? Because many of these candles that we're buying, particularly from your 99 cent store, your dollar store, your dollar tree, whatever, they're not even burning seven days. 
They're burning five days, six days, heaven forbid, four days. You know. So we've got to stop looking at the label, the cover, whether we're talking about people, places, or things, and assuming authenticity without looking at the footprint, without looking at the history. Botanica's created four washes, bottles for washes. Botanica's created that, you know, with the various uh, food coloring in it and, and diversity and variety in it. What did our ancestors do? What did they do 200 years ago? What did they do 300 years ago when there wasn't no botanica? And, and everybody didn't have food color and were using food color, the color they worked with. What did we then do? What did we do at that time? We went to nature. We pulled airway. We pulled herbs and roots and plants and made lotions and potions and, and, and concoctions to prevent and eliminate the buffer zone. We are indeed in the buffer zone again. I'm going to be ending shortly anyway, Kiana. Um, momentarily, I'm going to be moving forward. I've had it up to here with the buffer in the day. But I appreciate everyone who continues to stay with me and sit with me and put up with the buffering as we move forward with another edition of Revolutionary Food Dudes. New Orleans food secrets and recipes, all is truly and indeed a blessing. Yes, we went to nature. We went to the garden. We went to your neighbor's garden, grandma's garden. We went to the woods. And, and pulled mulberries and blackberries, you know, and, and, and herbs and roots and hibiscus. We went to nature. We went to nature. We weren't as reliant on our pharmacies as we are today, and we weren't as reliant on our botanicals as we are today. Now, my sister Wapani, I love Sister Wapani, <laughs> my sister, my blood sister, um, and she's conscious of how much medication she's taking in comparison to how much herbs, roots, plants, vegetables she's taking in. And she's learned to balance that to where she can lessen the pharmaceutical uh, implications and involvement in her life and, and strengthen and develop what's, what's natural and what we, can, what we can grow and develop, grow and develop. Child, I just seen her most recent garden photograph. It's amazing. It's amazing. And we all have the opportunity to do so. If you have resources, transportation, access to your loads, your home depot, get your get your gardens together. It's springtime. This is the time. April 20th, you're a little bit late. Get some fruit trees planted. Get some produce in the ground. Bring that roots and herbs and plants home to you, like Big Mama used to do. Big Mama kept a garden. That's why I like that movie, Baby Boy. Big Mama kept a garden, kept tomatoes and cucumbers and 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 squash in her own yard, in her own yard. And so we need to return to that. We are going to see more, more opportunities. I'm not predicting the next plague, but we're going to see more opportunities where won't be no Walmart, won't be no delivery, 
Won't be no toilet paper. Please send me toilet paper. I'm serious as a heart attack. If you have toilet paper, mail me toilet paper. I will most certainly appreciate it. Thank you kindly. But we need to get back to creating and recreating and, and harvesting our own fruits, our own crops, our own wealth, our own prosperity, that which bubbles up from, from inside us. And then we put that into our soil. We, we fertilize our work, you know, with our hands. And, and, and that's where the blessing is. Oh, that's where the blessing is. Ain't nothing like pulling a kumquat off of my own tree. With knowing that it don't have no chemicals, no pesticides, no herbicides, nothing on it. You know, it, knowing that I might have to wash a worm off of it. You know, a fan the mosquito away from it. But I can wash it and bite into it. And it's the sweetest, tastiest thing you ever imagined that that you fruit, that you grow, that you bear from your hands. My sage is the best sage. My sage. I don't need no cone sage. I don't need no wrap sage. I don't need to contribute to the destruction, to the elimination, to, to the uh, endangerment of white sage plant in the wild. Y'all are killing it off. Plant growth wild in the desert of uh, Arizona and Nevada and, and, and out west. And we're killing it off with modernization, with suburban uh, complexes, but also with you all, you know, consistently uh, buying those cold sage. Just stop it. You grow your own sage. And there's a variety of sages, not just white. I mean, pineapple sage, purple sage. I mean, sages that are sweet and, and tangy and tasty. And useful, you know, not just to burn and smudge and to cleanse and to purify, but to eat and to put in your meat, you know, for those of you who still meet, eat meat. And, and to add to your stews, you know, and your brews and, and, and your gumbos. So get back with nature. Get in touch with nature. Be nature. Be nature. Be organic. <laughs> Be pure. Be fresh. Be renewed, be well, be whole in this most present moment in time space. Be tranquil, be meditative, be helpful, just be. All the creators are asking for us right now is to be. All the ancestors want from us right now is to be. I will be forward momentarily, all is truly. I will be for it. Give me a moment to get it together. What do I want to do right now? I want to hear some Grigri suit right now. Okay, we can do Grigri suit. That'll work for me. Dash of cayenne to the root. Gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Boil a gumbo, hot and steady. Don't care if Freddy ready. Gonna pray at that old cemetery. Down on Claiborne where she's. 
Congo Square. The Omus Indians, the Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. A sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us. Centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our hosts, the Omus Indians, they pushed aside our hosts. The colonizers came and pushed aside our hosts and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment, but nevertheless.